Welcome to the Rumpus Room. Hey everybody, how's it going out there? We're back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room and let's hit him with the takeaway message of the day. So I've been really trying to up my game with some physical activity and what I've been trying to focus on is what state do you need to be in? So what is the mental, physical state that you need to be in when you're performing that activity? Mm-hmm. So it's it's basically a healthy balance between uh, your analytical side and your creative side. So the the Muse headband is this like a brainwave meditation thing? Yep, so what? it's like an EEG machine basically, yep. and it measures the frequency of your brainwave. So if you're mm-hmm. doing a lot of thinking, it's you know, there's a lot of energy, so it measures that. Uh, so there's this tool that I've been using that uh, lets you know when you're in the optimal state uh, of for brainwave so there's that healthy tension it's not the like you know people always tell you oh just don't think about anything it's like well yeah sure, that's that's sure. fucking bullshit yeah um so what we've been trying to uh what i've been trying to do is <clears throat> get that state right before i do my activity so i've been working on it for golfing so it's right before you for example putt you get into this optimal state and so Muse, the headband, actually doesn't sponsor. It's an app that you can latch on top of it. But what I found fascinating is it's a scientist who she has done a ton of research around Mm -hmm. state and performance and has figured out through interviews and measuring professionals um, what it, you know, before professionals hit you know, what state are they in? Like, why are they yeah, so better than us? Have you noticed a change in you when you address the ball? Or significantly, the really? significantly. Okay. I have feel, I feel so much freer, you know, like when you're really performing something like say in basketball, when you start hitting threes, mm-hmm. you just kind of get into that zone. You just know the ball is going in yep. the second that you touch it. You've got to feel like yeah. you just feel the everything feels better. Mm-hmm. And so this is helping you engage that feeling Get actively. Get into the flow state, as yep. some would say. Yeah. Yep. And so I just it's really fascinating that there are these tools that help you the uh, get there. Stuff, it's, it, yeah. They yep. give you feedback on, are you doing these things correctly? And I just think this is going to grow massively hugely in, in competitive sport. But I just think in, in normal daily life, it's been helping me with meetings because I can get into that state where I'm not thinking, you know, and I'm not, and you're not, not emotional. There. You're not reacting to something mm-hmm. from a hyper aroused state. You're in a state of like, uh, you know, it's like healthy tension. Calm, yeah. yeah. It's like a tension where you're aware, but you're not, you know, you're not often la la. It's just, it's a really, it's hard to describe. And I'd, I, you know, you're, you, you are know it when you feel for it. Experimenting is what, is what, yeah. If I, is. yeah, that would be my thing is to just try to experiment with the state that you're in when you play and you hit, let's just say you shoot a, a shot. You like, no, you're like, oh, that was it. Sure. Or you shoot one and you know, like, oh man, I was totally in my head or something or whatever. I just wasn't concentrating. So, I would I would advocate for experimenting. Yeah, and speaking of experimenting, I did something that I've never done. Uh, <laughs> I proposed to my girlfriend, which is big news. That's huge news. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Uh, I'm very excited. It still hasn't really hit me yet, but uh, I think it's a good thing that I'm excited. If I were regretting the decision, <laughs> I would probably be in a totally different state. Yeah. Uh, and something that, like, 
prior to making these types of large decisions, there's so much that goes on in your head for a long time, in my case at least. So mm-hmm. um, all, all good news on, on that front. But uh, I wanted to talk about um, just wedding culture in general because it's becoming super huge for people in our friend group. Uh, we are my girlfriend is has been invited to a bachelorette party uh they are going to they are going to sonoma for a wine tasting type of excursion whatever you want to call it and um the other person she's getting married to is taking his friends to is it kansas city or is it uh, louisville Louisville. And both obviously like really fun adventures, but very challenging to make happen when you're a young person. I mean, be it financially with your work commitments, Mm -hmm. it's the destination bachelor and bachelorette party is what I would observe to be a fairly recent phenomena. And who knows, maybe there's been uh, the upper echelon of society that's been doing destination bachelor and, and maybe we're cracking in on that but i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily say that's the case i think it's this kind of new trend for a lot of young people who are getting married later have a little bit more disposable income mm-hmm. and because they have a little more disposable income are making more lavish uh i don't know if commitments. celebrations yeah celebrations mm-hmm. and so the the most recent one you heard of is golfing in ireland yep which definitely takes the cake, in my opinion, in terms of the overall financial commitment and, and commitment that mm-hmm. it takes. Uh, you've also heard of another one, which was London, which is a big one, too. I mean, coming from the Midwest. It's a long flight. It's a long flight. And uh, I don't know if we're just... I don't know if we're just, like, from more Midwestern traditional roots. It's just very sort of it it feels a little bit uncommon it feels like a strange trend where a lot of people are deciding to have these destination bachelor and bachelorette parties like a, our cousin was famously a bridesmaid for something like 13 weddings something yeah like that mm-hmm. i mean can you imagine going to 13 destination bachelor or bachelorette parties well and then on top of that you have the dress or the garb that you have to wear if you're in the wedding yeah it's it's just really getting to be a huge commitment from from all sides and i don't i don't know that it really i don't know if it needs to be that and and what i struggle with is like if these people want that style of a wedding who am i to say that's not a good thing you know Mm -hmm. it's totally their decision uh, but what I always come back to is, are you doing it because you really want these sort of things? Or are you doing it f- because either A, you're trying to one-up somebody, or B, uh, you think that is what it's about, mm-hmm. you know? And and so when I see some of these really large, extravagant decisions for um, for weddings or whatever it may be, I always come back to that. Like, is this a true decision that you made in your heart of hearts that you really want to bring people into or is this kind of like are you getting spun by the pressures of society yeah for sure i mean the intention of it is so important is it 
this is really what I want to do. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm going to be fully in. And it's funny because I think, you know, we kind of talked about that before is you can kind of feel the, like the intention and the, if it's going to be, um, something that everybody's committed to and you get more commitment from those that are involved rather than it's kind of this wishy-washy type thing. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot more commitment, uh, that way. Well, when it feels more true and take on the other hand, a friend of mine who is an only child and had no wedding party and there was no bachelor. I've two of my friends actually have had weddings with no wedding parties and no bachelor and no bachelorette parties. Just, Hmm stripping it down to the bare essentials which i've really appreciated yeah because that is very much going against the grain in terms of today's expectations today's, yep. of like you know like I, I was at a wedding this past weekend and obviously no no shame on any of these people but the, i don't know there may be eight or nine grooms people and brides people i mean it was just on each side each side yeah there was like a full like school half bus. are up front and so half are in the be- in the almost pews. half the audience was standing really <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, it was a gorgeous wedding in every way it was it was mm-hmm. absolutely amazing and it, again if that's what they want that's totally fine but when i'm uh i'm now in the situation where those decisions are sort of like being pressed upon me and yep. uh i'm really res- revolting or resenting some of them right now obviously it's still early on in the process so i'm not but still yeah. the thoughts creep in, I'm sure. The thoughts creep in and the expectations come up and, and it's just something where I'm like really trying to make sure that I'm listening to myself for mm-hmm. for these decisions. Not to say that that shouldn't be the way you live your life in general, you know? No. I mean, and it's not, like, it's not like we're saying don't spend any money, don't have yeah, fun. Yeah, don't celebrate. No, don't, it's, no, like, it's the pressure thing. It's the expectations. Yeah, and it's, you know, and, and some of these decisions you're, you have to kind of realize what am I making other people do? And is this something that I'm willing to, uh, you know, ask of my friends and ask of people? And is it too much of a request or not? Well, and asking friends to drop two grand on an Ireland trip is, is, is prohibitive. You're making that concession in the accessibility of the event you're making it more exclusive, so it, perhaps it really is going to be fantastic mm-hmm. for all those other people that for the, all the people that go. And um, I can't help but think the seventy-five percent of the people that were extended that invitation that had to decline it. Yeah, and I think you know we're, we're talking about the the Ireland trip, but it's just trips in general. You just you know there there are certain means and certain kind of you know I've been I've there's been bachelor parties where they're you know five days. You know, really long long trips um, or ones that are consecutive weekends with really important things. You know, there's similar friends. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like, what are you asking everybody to do? And that really just, you know, and if I think if people know that going in and make that decision clearly, then that's totally up to them. And And I, I think we're in a really interesting time of our lives where. Um, the decisions have obviously stopped being made for us, you know, for quite some time, but <laughs> hopefully, yeah, but we've been enjoying this freedom for, you know, say a couple months, five, no, yeah, yeah, five to 10 weeks or no, five to 10 <laughs> years, years, you know, yeah. somewhere in there. 
So definitely like feel more that you have a footprint in terms of your time and commitments and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I, I think we're just in this, this this interesting time where we're becoming acutely aware of the commitment that all of these social things are and, and the expectation and, you know, how do we how do we regress back to or return back to that good intention which is yep i want to celebrate my friendship with you people and i'm going to try and come up with the best way to celebrate my friendship and for some people that's going to be flying to shanghai or macau and doing macau. whatever it is yeah gambling and some people it's going to be renting a party bus others it's going to be going to a cabin and and i'm just trying to like get my wrap my head around like all of the crazy all of the crazy not only differences in decisions mm-hmm. but then the sort of like expectations and yeah. how do i how do i continue to just let that stuff go because some things in my mind have just been so clear like where i wanted to ask her mm-hmm. so clear Boom. where where i want to have the wedding so clear mm-hmm. when i want to so clear and and those things, you know, regardless of what people say or what people do, I just have no doubt in my mind about them. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I want to advocate for that type of decision making throughout this process, staying mm-hmm. true to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. as people are saying, oh, you know, let's go do this or that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's just so hard to. It, it is very it's a very challenging skill to stay true to oneself in a way that is inclusive with other people yeah and it's just the peer pressure that or the pressure you feel from the culture from what happened at the last wedding I mean the stories we all hear of like oh my gosh it was so ridiculous like yeah. that story yeah. just weighs on you more than you'd like you know that we all like to admit or the more than I'd like to admit mm-hmm. you know you hear these kind of oh my gosh, it was so wild. Like they, everybody took their shirts off. Like, it's just like, oh my, you know, these stories get kind of built up to be this absolutely amazing time. And, and maybe they are, but it adds just a lot more pressure on other people trying to make those decisions, which that's not, you know, we all put our, the own pressure on the, the pressure on ourselves, but it's just kind of a, a reactive uh, process in some of these instances. Yeah. And um, the that that pressure, those societal expectations are oftentimes much more visible for you know the more social you are. You mm-hmm. know, if you're obviously not participating with anybody else in any regard, you're not yeah. exposed to other things. But as you get more social, I, I just think it's kind of interesting, like where that boundary is mm-hmm. in terms of I'm gonna I'm gonna be a part of this social enterprise i'm gonna i'm gonna participate and how can i pull back from it when i want to and make sure to stay true to myself because i don't need to get wrapped up in trying to be the craziest or trying to be the best or trying you know the Mm -hmm. that mentality that type of mentality which is really hard to come back to and i think it is a um it's a it's very representative of just the culture that we live in in terms of the excessive consumption and the excessive sort yeah. of pursuit of happiness and whatever and posting um, photos of everything documenting so everybody knows yes, like it's yes you know what are you doing and i'm probably one of the i was 
the fun guy at all of these bachelor parties and i did that and i had a blast and it was tiring as i mean i was just it took me days to come back mm-hmm. you know going on these parties you know trying to be the fun guy i mean i bet you i got invited to some bachelor parties because they're like oh he'll he'll whoop it up mm-hmm. like this will be fun he'll whoop it up let's get him going and i would do that but it was just so for me it was it took me a long time to realize this, but it just knocked me back. And then I really didn't prioritize or really even, I wasn't conscious of what decisions I was making. I was just doing them and then dealing with the repercussions three, four days after. And it took me a while to grow up a little bit and mature and just figure out like, okay, when do I want to, you know, let the blow the doors down and when do i not like what is that decision and Mm -hmm. now i'm just more aware of it and i think it's giving me a lot more clarity around this but it took a while for me to get there yeah and you you bring up a good point about the uh posting photos and whatever and and actually after i asked her i said please don't share this on any social media sites (laughs) yeah and she immediately understood why she mm-hmm. said, yeah, because you want to tell people in person. And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. Because what happens when you post it on social media is everybody knows. And I even, you know, um, obviously like calling people or whatever and telling people face to face, there's a little bit of a difference. But I always kind of advocate for the in-person type of experience because we live in a way, in a world which is sort of eroding that... It's been removed. It's been removed. So if, mm-hmm. if, which, I mean, I've seen proposals that, and I, I retched, I retched with this idea. I wrestled with this idea. <laughs> Do I need to hire a fucking photographer to capture the moment? Oh yeah. I thought about that. And well, at the I, end it, of the day. For good reason you thought about it. I know. And I was, cause I was like, oh, well, you know, cause I know she would like that. People would have, you know, you know, certain people would appreciate it. I would. And Important then I, people. And, and then I also yeah. knew that, like, I would be thinking about that as a component of my decision to do this, and it would become less about the interaction between me and her in that moment. Yeah. And that's when I knew the decision, which was like, fuck it, I'm not going to. I'm not going to hire a photographer. I'm just going to go and do it. And this is going to be a moment that's going to be shared between us. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to share it between us. And yep. we're going to tell people at the appropriate time. And obviously, I know she wants to tell people and celebrate and all those things, <laughs> which is great. Yep. And, and she should. And, and she should. Great. Yep. And she should. And I also, you know, I think that relinquishing your ability to control the spread of information has its downfall. For sure. I mean, you 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 sort of like uh, instead of like a slow burn, mm-hmm. what you do is you're throwing gas on a fire to you know have the maximum burn, but then it's out in an instance, and then here you go, you get people from all over the world that are saying, "Oh, congratulations," which is cool. You know, you're gonna have more notifications on your homepage than you've it's ever gonna had feel so good in your entire life. You're gonna have so much dopamine. Yeah, so much <laughs> dopamine, and it's, you're gonna be glued to your screen all day. Like, oh, this person and this person, and it's not about the relationship uh, at that point. Not at all. It is not about the relationship, and mm-hmm. I'm just so adverse to mm-hmm. that. And you sh- and that's, you know, you can tell that you've thought through this. And you're doing it with intention instead of trying to be just different. Like you're not doing it to be different. You're not doing it to not, 
include people in on the decision. You're, you're doing not. it for yeah. the, I think, you know, from my standpoint, the right reasons of, I want to see people. I want to communicate this human to human rather yeah. than yeah. this big bomb yeah. that you, that you I mean, you can't actually enjoy that too. Stratosphere. Like, so you can, it's, it, I think would go to the enjoyment of the other people and yourself if they can interact with you in exactly. person. Exactly. I think there's more to be shared to be able to, and don't get me wrong, I've appreciated all the text messages and other messages that I've received mm -hmm. and, and the phone calls. It's been fantastic. It's really nice to have that support, mm -hmm. to have that support, to know that people are thinking about you and to know that people are willing to go out of their way to say something. Uh, but when I look at the wall, when I look at the social media outcry, it it then just... And it does not strike me. It strikes me as odd that there could be a social gain from that occurrence in terms of like the social. Your social capital. Your going social up. capital goes up, and mm -hmm. that obviously there is a huge component of that in marriage. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the initial reason for marriage is like for sure your social put capital yourself goes up. up. But then that's actually about. I mean, the social capital is. In my mind, I guess that's a little bit different for mm -hmm. some reason because it's not, I don't know, you're not trying to get credit for it in a, in a way. I yep. don't know. No, I, yeah, you're not, you're not using that. You're not using you're, it, yeah. Like it's, it's basically just taking your relationship and trying to use it in what I would consider an unhealthy way or, or moving it. It's a way to get attention. For sure. It gets attention. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Well, wedding is, I mean, this weddings have, has, you see the people in weddings, when a wedding comes, they just lock themselves next to the wedding couple. Like there is, I've seen this in these social circles. There's like the wedding person who steps next to the couple and is now there in that moment and is best friends and da, da, da. Sure. And then, you know, it's like, it's so obvious sometimes it's like, really? You know, and like that's the type of attention if you're getting married, you yeah, get yeah. you get more of that. And it's, you know, partly that's good because I think everybody's supporting, but, you know, well, it, some of that's not in a in a good spot. Yeah, and it's, it's such a concrete occurrence. Like, yeah. it's such a concrete thing to celebrate. It's so, um, it's so safe mm -hmm. in a way. You know, it's, it's not... Um, like it's it's obviously something to be celebrated, but between somebody who's congratulating another person for getting married, mm -hmm. I I don't know. And maybe after I'm married, I'll feel totally different. <laughs> but at this point, yeah. I'm still I'm still trying to kind of wrap my head around the whole hoopla of it because for me, um, obviously it's a big deal, um, and obviously it's a unity between two family families. Uh huh. And it's also about the relationship. So I'm trying to, for me at least, like make sure that I'm I'm mostly focused on it being about the relationship. Well, I think that's that's something we've talked about for a while. Is um, a lot of these these events, so like celebrations, have become less about the relationship, and yeah. you feel that. Yeah. And I think this is probably a discussion our family has had is you can kind of feel it's more about the wedding rather than 
the couple, you know, and the commitment they're making to each other and the, yep. you know, the promise and the, you know, the, the all the stuff that I think marriage really is about rather than the like, boom, here's the, here's, here's the, the fire. Yeah, here's it's going to be, post. it's going to be a great day and a great, you know, well, celebration and, and but that's the exact same thing we're talking about with the bachelor parties which mm-hmm. is is this about my friendship to you yep or is this about having the best bachelor bachelor party that there ever has been mm-hmm. and, to, and and getting that reassurance of like oh my gosh i'm of value because my I, bachelor party was cool i like, i had a sweet one <laughs> I, and so I my boys to, are the best yeah i'm the best my boys yeah, yeah. And, and that's and i think there are ways that you can do yeah it just is so it's i don't know i just think there's ways you can do it that are always probably well intentioned and those that aren't and yeah. i just think that a lot of the instances were we're seeing the balance shifting like people are going out on a limb which happens and i think that pushes evolution and all that stuff but i think we're kind of figuring out what that line really is at least i'm figuring it out on my side yeah and i think our friend groups and our social groups are getting more adept at that as well for sure and i, I, I really think it's just are. an age thing or if it's more mature I, yeah, yeah i don't know so then i always come back to this idea about how like there does anything ever really change and this is an interesting parlay into something that's occurring at work right now which is we are in these sort of big big shop meetings with a variety of different really powerful people and um all a lot of the time there'll be all this sort of progress in terms of intellectual and strategic commitment to the idea and whatever and then when it comes down to like the rubber hitting the road like oh well does that thing talk to that thing or does that box get checked here or there mm-hmm. then some and I don't, then some content expert and they just happen to usually be in middle management gets involved and they're the only person who knows anything about this thing and throws an absolute fucking wrench into it. Yeah. And this has happened repeatedly really? in my last project. Really? Huge progress, totally dis- derailed by a subject matter expert that is like, mm, I don't know if this tool can do that. And you're like, Make well, it do it. Make it do it. Or, um, like, actually, you've told us in the past that it does, and this is not actually an issue. We're totally getting derailed in terms of, like, off track. We need this thing to be a yes or a no thing, and you're being like, a, well, is it a one through seven? And you're like, no, it's a yes or a no thing. Mm-hmm. Why are you now making this about one through seven? Because this has nothing to do with the strategic you're bringing your your expectations of like the capabilities of this one particular thing into the whole strategic direction even though that's not your job mm-hmm. and it's just totally derailed tons of oh that's frustrating tons of progress and i heard a um very talented gentleman who i work with talking about this as an issue and he's like this just happens all of the time mm-hmm. you know yep oh it- I've experienced that all of the time. So I've been working on closing these sales deals and they say it's, there's tons of numbers out there, but we'll just say 80% of the deals you agree on don't get implemented. That's the number. 
And so what they what what everybody advocates for is when you're in the sales process, build that implementation. You know, build the check boxes, build the middle management bullshit so that they don't at the last minute throw up all of Pull these the plug. Oh my gosh, did you think about this? We didn't think about this, we can't. You know, and there's this and I, I found this right before a deal is signed. There's so much energy before. Okay, there's so much energy. People are excited. They're nervous. All of this stuff. And as much as you can decrease that, but you got to be like, and I'm not saying this is probably the same instance. I'm just, I think it's similar to like getting a project going, but there's just so much energy in the middle of it. Like, oh my gosh, here we go. And then people start to like freak out. And then these issues come up of like, well, we didn't do this and this email isn't working. And this, and it's just like, I know this is stressful. Yeah. I know this is stressful. And well, like, you're good under pressure. Like you're, you, you know, I've seen you in instances that have pressure. And I think that's a skill that some people haven't quite built. Um, and it's just key to pushing these deals through. But I think some, some people don't quite have that ability to like step away and say, all right, we need to just make this thing work. Well, and I also think that when there is that energy and there is that, um, you know, momentum, it's a tremendous opportunity mm -hmm. that it's an, it's also a tremendous opportunity to exert power for sure. And I think I've seen that like, Oh, you know, I'm going to throw this tiny little thing into the mix that is going to make me very flex. I'm going to flex on all of this and yeah. show you how important I am. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that it doesn't come from that. Like I'm showing you how important I am. Power control. Thing. Yeah. yeah. I hope mm -hmm. it does come from that. Oh, I'm anxious about the execution of this thing. So I'm really worried about this which is why i'm airing this grievance mm -hmm. however if that were the case then like shit you would come and tell me after the meeting like hey you need to address this, this one shit. little yeah. thing that i'm a little bit uncertain not throw an absolute grenade in the middle of like a 12 person meeting <laughs> with senior leadership that like derails oh, everything just for totally 20 minutes it. 20 minutes of like none spinning i mean just total spinning wheel conversation just backwards everybody's going backwards and then yep. of course people are getting colder feet and then the questions start arising there's a ton of doubt but it takes a true leader to like navigate that and like step in and be like boom yeah you know yep, really be yep. really be forceful and i've seen really talented people step in and just head that off and sometimes they even know who that person is before they step in and it just takes a lot yeah. of leadership to, to navigate those like choppy waters and those decisions. Oh, I've been working with this one leader who uh, is, in my opinion, the most impressive consensus builder I've ever worked with. Ooh. She just, um, she opens the meeting appropriately. She then sets an agenda item, you know, we have the one or maybe two priority things that we're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. She allows the meeting conversation to stray for a while if it really needs to, but she does return back to kind of the initial objective. And then she calls on every single one of her specific stakeholders explicitly at the end of the meeting to ask for their perspective moving forward. Really? 
Yeah, and it's like clockwork. Every meeting I've been in with her, she has like this formulated. Boom. It's really, mm-hmm. it's it's lovely to be around. So do you find that works? I don't know. I've only had two meetings with her. <laughs> okay. So it's yeah. really hard to figure out whether or not it's going to have, you know. Because it's awkward, I'm sure. You know, it's really not. No. No, I feel like everybody feels pretty respected. Okay. I'm, I'm not in the team. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you what happens behind the team, behind the scenes for those people who are being called on in the meeting. But what it sound, what it feels you like, you can feel it. I'm she, sure. Yeah, what it feels like though is she's giving everybody the opportunity to voice their concerns. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I've just imp- been impressed with the diplomacy of which, under which the meetings occur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's such a skill. It's impressive. It's good to be around people that do that because you can pick up a ton from them. Yeah, and uh, people that run meetings—that's a—that's a a big deal. And she's on my list for um, uh, every Friday. And I try to—I've fallen off this, but uh, I've been trying to um, write one nice and complimentary email to Mm. somebody every Friday, just as like a "Hey, you know, I really appreciate that you did this thing this week." Yep. And um, last week we had a meeting on Friday and I missed my opportunity because you have to send something like that right away. Because, you know, yes, you can't be you, it's you can't, like the yeah. next Wednesday. Is that a reminder? Like, oh, hey, yeah, you yeah. you did that really great in the meeting. You just sound like you're trying to get something out of her. For sure. So, um, I, you know, I'll, I'll approach my next opportunity, you know, when that arises. But uh, that's been something that I've really admired being around. And, and then it also has reminded me how important being exposed to a variety of different working styles and patterns is and i've felt very pigeonholed in terms of my exposure to different opinions and different working styles and that's been one of my most frustrating things with a client of mine is i've been wanting you know that broader sort of view into things just to kind of get a more diverse perspective yep you know to expand the skill set and when working in a small organization or a small team, it can be really hard to get oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, especially because if you're in a consulting role, too, it's really hard to get that exposure because you got to drive a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And you got to step up with, you know, you're, you're kind of on all of the time. And so unless, you know, you've got a few leaders who you'll work with, but if you continue to work with them, you just don't get that experience. You know, some other people can, you can't see that happen uh, as much. And so that's kind of, that's that's been one of the frustrations for me is once I was on a team with a, a leader who I kind of understood the spiel, uh, realized it didn't work, and then, uh, you know, it kind of curbs your growth a little bit there. So that was time for me to move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as an outside consultant, another thing you have to deal with is um, – not ruffling the feathers of clients who are, you know, main contact people. Yeah. You know, like if the check signers, the check signers <laughs> got to yeah. make sure you're doing what the check signers want with enough of a, um, with enough of a lens to be continuing to offer value in the organization. For sure. You know, and it, that's just always a delicate balance between signing work, signing new work and, executing and delivering on the project that you're currently on for sure it's a complicated role it's a good one to learn from well that's all we got for you today folks tune in next week when you'll be back kicking we'll be back kicking it here in the rumpus